I wrote this post a few days ago as I was sitting in bed. I had written one other post. Um, It was just way too yuck, too heavy. Maybe it wasn't that bad, but I feel like it just had way too much reality in it, which I guess that's kind of what I'm here to write about. Nonetheless, as I read this one to you, I'll try not to let my voice sound too gloomy. I know that's something that I addressed a long time ago as I began to do these podcasts or videos. I just felt like my voice was just so dark and dreary, but who knows? Maybe people listen for stuff like that. Maybe they enjoy it. I don't know. That's not what I meant. All I'm saying is it's just been so freaking hard lately. These last few days, weeks, months, this entire year. So there's a lot to learn from it. So I hope as you listen to this, you just remember that, you know, with God, it is possible because that's whom I've had to rely on. And I just pray that you learn from my experiences and you just seek him and ask him to come into your heart and just believe that with him all is possible. Hey, Darlene here, and I'm with Tinge of Bravery, and you can find me on Apple, Spotify. Uh, my blog is on Facebook, titled Tinge of Bravery, and um, YouTube as well, whenever I get around to doing some more video recordings. But anyway, let's go here. I'm pushing through. I guess the other day I was thinking about everything that has happened in our life since January. It's a lot. Like, so much. But, here I am. I'm placing too much focus on all the tough things that have occurred since the first of the year. Like, when I say I'm placing too much focus, I think that's what the previous recording was, the previous writing was. It was just like, I was listing everything out. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to go there because stuff happens. And here I am alive and getting through it. I do get inspired by listening to music while I write. So at the time I wrote this, Zach Williams was singing Chainbreaker. I can testify that God has pulled us through and broken many chains that have tried to weigh us down. Most recent link in the chain was a second engine light going on in another car of ours. I do believe we have remedied that by putting oil in the motor. Yeah, that helps. But it's a really old car and it has a leak somewhere that I just don't think is worth fixing and we're just trying to keep it alive long enough for Clara, my youngest daughter, to drive it when she's ready. So I thought about that. I thought about the oil and the motor, common sense, but I want to create an analogy from it and go from there. If we don't keep oil in the car, the light comes on to warn us that the car could fail, the engine could blow. Listen, I felt this way that night that I heard 
about the engine light. My heart swelled and not in the way I felt good. I had trouble catching my breath and have had trouble catching my breath ever since then. And that was, let's see here, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay, four nights. All right. Anxiety, stress, I don't know. Maybe both. Who knows? But what is this teaching me? It's teaching me to slow down. Man, I'm getting a vision of my mom pointing her finger at me saying, don't be rushing around. And that pertains to don't be jumping into trying to do so much. Do you know, oh my goodness, if my mom heard this, she would just be upset. Let's just leave it there. She would probably have her own type of mini heart attack. Anyway, do you know that I drove to Kansas City the other day to look at a car for my daughter and I took it on the highway in Kansas City. Without me realizing it, this was stressful to me. Mostly because at the time I was doing it, it was dark, go figure. All I kept praying was, dear Lord, don't let me wreck this car that I am test driving. Then, in addition to all that, I was 60 minutes late getting back to the dealership. It was a small dealership, one like one of these big places, okay? And they closed at six. I called them and told them that I was running behind and the guy was fine with it. I was 16 minutes late. And they talked to me a little bit about the car. I told them that I would return the next day for my daughter to drive it. And they were good with that. Until the next day came around and I texted them and told them we had changed our minds. I told them that I was going to stay in my hometown and try to find a car locally. I got a text reply saying how I had kept them late the night before and the managers were upset about it. I'm literally shaking my head at the thought of this because who in the world did they think they were? I mean, aren't salespeople supposed to go a little bit out of the way to make a sale and not condemn a customer for test driving a car and being 16 minutes late? Um... And also just kind of like give the respect that, hey, here's this woman just trying to find the right car for her daughter. And she just wants to stay with something in her hometown that would make it so much easier. Well, here's what else happened. The guilt set in as I got that text reply, which I'm not even going to repeat it because it was long from this guy. It's like, man, he really took time into this text and after I read it I thought okay maybe my daughter needs to see this car I told her about it and she wanted to see it I had already pulled her out of school that day just so we could look at a couple of cars and so off we went to Kansas City where we spent three hours driving the car and waiting on a friend of mine who is an expert on Honda's to check it out for us and he did like this awesome job 
to the point that when we returned to the dealership, we pointed out a few issues with it and we were told they weren't going to do anything about the price. You know, this is a summarized version, but let me tell you that when we left that place, I felt like three hours was literally taken from me, from my life. What a waste of time. And they weren't even nice about it at all. That got to me. That was the start of when I started to begin to feel not so great. You know, I wasn't going to write about all this crappy stuff and, well, here I go. But I'm making a point here. Back to the oil. This issue, among so many other things happening to us this year, is reinforcing my need to get back to daily exercise where I was doing some walking every single day. Do not ask me why. I have not been doing that again. Do you know how I'm getting my exercise in? I'm going to tell you how. When I go to the store, I park at the farthest place possible and walk. Even if it means pushing the cart all the way out there, me lugging groceries, you know, all this way. That's how I'm getting my exercise. I remember my doctor telling me, you know, Darlene, that's great and all. But you need to get your heart rate going for several minutes in order to keep it healthy. Anyway, kind of deviating a little bit here, but what I'm really getting at is, do I really need to add something else to my day, like exercise? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm taking all that has happened to us this year and seeing how God continues to wake me up each day to face another day as a sign of how much grace we are given. I'm taking me being out of breath as a sign of taking care of me first. I said I was getting away from the shop to do this, to take care of me. Well, here I am, six months later, And since leaving the shop, it seems all this personal stuff has happened and hit us up in our lives. It has taken me away from seriously tending to my body. I say it's taken me away, but my life has been more hectic than this. And I used to make time for me. I used to make that time and not get away from it. Why can I not do that now when I know how much it is needed? I am alive and God has given me a chance. Our days are numbered and I don't think my ending days are coming anytime soon. I refuse to be paranoid. As I began last night, I was paranoid. The night that I started feeling short of breath, that particular night, I was paranoid. And guess what? I refuse it. I rebuke it. Okay? Listen, we are going to have issues in our life. And while we are living through those issues, we should not lose track of our own needs. I'm sure this is going to be easier said than done. I have stuff to do this week. One thing in particular, my sister's memorial. That's tomorrow night. 
have to get through that. And if you know me well, which I think there is probably only three or four people that know me well, I don't do family gatherings very good. I don't know what it is about them, especially memorials and funerals in particular. I just don't do them well. With all that life is throwing at me, I'm barely taking time to even grieve. We, I, need to heed the warnings that are placed in front of us. We need to listen to our bodies and our hearts and our minds. As I sat on my bed writing, I was thinking, wow, this motivational post is going well. I'm doing good. And then I thought, watch, morning comes and all I want to do is sleep. Perhaps my body is telling me that I need to do that too. But it's super hard for me to spend my entire day in bed, resting, let alone sleeping. I don't want to be one of those persons whose body does something to them and forces them to take a break. I mean, do you want to do that? When I heard about the engine light coming on, the second car and my heart began to pound, I did remain calm. I finished my night with the girls, and when I went to bed, there was a part of me that feared dying and not having everything in order for my girls. I admit, I took about 10 minutes looking for my life insurance policy. I let fear take over to the point of, get this, to the point of writing out an end of the life, end of life essay and a will to my children, including all sorts of needed information for them. It turned out to be six pages. This is life. We cannot allow our hardships in life to take us down. We must ask God what he wants us to know and what he wants us to do. I think there are areas in my life that I can cut out to reduce stress. And we've been doing that. I also think there are things I can do to help myself. When crappy things happen, we need to learn what we can do to release the stress. I used to run. It would not be easy for me now, but it sure was a release then. When I thought about my running days, I thought about how I could not wait to get out there and just feel the wind and the music in my ears and just focus on the steps that I was taking. And when I was halfway through, I began to feel regret and sadness because my run was almost done. I think about it now and how if I was able to start running again, I think I would probably get out there, start running and try to hurry it up. Try to hurry it up (laughs) so that I could get back and get stuff done. That is so dumb. 
It's pointless. Yet, I got to do something. I've been telling myself to prioritize my days. Seems I've been allowing all sorts of obstacles to rule my days. I have some wonderful friends whom I can go to, and that makes me grateful. Then I have others whom I thought were there for my girls and I, who seem to be too busy. That makes me sad and upset, and I don't even know why I think about that. I think it's because when you're on your own and stuff begins to fall apart, well, even though you're used to taking care of everything, there's this point of view that makes you look around for help, especially from those whom you think could at least be there for your kids. I can't dwell on it. All I can do is give it to God. When something is clearly out of your hands, good grief, leave it there. Let it be out of your hands. I am preaching to myself here. Don't expect it to change if it hasn't changed already in several years. Do I need to place the added hurt on myself or my girls? No. It's worth a prayer to ask God where you can let things go and how to let things go without feeling guilty. How to put yourself first because you should. You are doing great. Say it again.